You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas. With your host, Marissa Desitel. Good morning, everybody. I always say good morning. It could be whatever time. Happy whatever time of day. We're back, baby. This is speaking, and I'm Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney. And I'm Clarice. And Marissa, I'm just going to dive right in. Do you have a favorite hairstyle? Uh, Isn't it obvious what I'm rocking right now? Don't I look good? Oh, the perfect quaff. Absolutely. For folks at home, she has it teased straight up (laughs) in a beehive. Immaculate. (laughs) Why are we talking about hair? Because... Per usual, what do I bring to the table? The weirdest topics we can find. Sure. I found, and I saw this on YouTube, and afterwards I found uh, some more credible resources after YouTube. Um, folks are using, and if you're a little bit on the squeamish side, some people can tend to be a bit polarized about hair. People are using human hair to clean up oil spills. And I wanted to do some research about it. Bye. <laughs> it's a little weird Ugh. it's very weird all right i'm gonna say it. it's just you know weird. when you're washing the dishes in the sink oh and you get like a piece of your own hair yes. and it ends up in there and then it's wet and it's clingy to your hand i it's get, the, yeah. it's the spidey feeling that's it's what so it gross. is that's gross so imagine an ocean full of it you're welcome folks Ugh. well now that we've lost all five listeners. Disgusting. Why are people using human hair? Surprisingly, there's a ton of benefits to this. Um, first off, we're going to start with some of the benefits that you might not have thought of. Did um, you know all that? <laughs> did you know that human hair can absorb five times its weight in oil? No. Neither did I. It's super easy to put into mats. It's really easy to acquire. Uh, it's free. Yep, it's free. To So essentially, let me back up a little bit. The process of using hair to soak up oil spills, tons of organizations have been collecting hair donations from salons. And uh, the thing that disturbed me the most was individuals. Individuals have been just mailing in their hair. <laughs> Your oh listeners, I now implore you, no, I beg you to find a greeting card and just put like a couple of strands in there yeah, and send it to your local um, nonprofit for this. This is like some silence of the lambs. That would make my day. That's, but yeah, individuals and hair salons. Hair salons makes the most sense to me, obviously. Um, yeah, because it keeps hair out of the... Ugh, out of the landfills. Out of the landfills. It's like trying not to gag again. <laughs> so it keeps hair out of the landfill, which is good. Yeah. And what these organizations are doing is collecting this product. I'm going to call it a product now. And forming mats out of it. And this also extends to fur. So they've been reaching out to groomers as well um and these mats are naturally buoyant and you can just have them in the ocean 
absorbing, yeah, absorbing oil. And you don't need the plastic buoys. You don't need to go out there and, you know, sort of have the, like all of the plastic non-natural materials surrounding it, creating it. These hair mats are just mats of hair. It is, it is its own sponge. So it's, there's no other chemicals. There's no other processes. It's basically just a human hair sponge out there doing a way better job than the plastic non-natural materials that we have now. And it's apparently really effective. Does it matter what color the hair is? From my understanding, no. But what I thought was interesting is in all of the articles I read, they only reference brunettes and blondes. Okay. So, so if you're red, you're out. Or people with black hair. Or is black hair just... Or gray or white. Ooh. So gray and white is... Everybody is technically gray and white because that's just the pigment leaving your hair. All right. Don't, let's not get fancy, okay? That, that's my fancy fact. All right. So, so wait. So what happens after the hair has absorbed the oil? Do they go out and collect it? From what I see, they go out and collect it, but they're not discussing what happens to that product after. Yeah, I would think. I don't know where this. I don't know where it goes. um, uh, Sorry to cut you off, but it would have to go, I think, to a, a landfill that can handle hazardous waste. I think so. I think one of the big things that they keep saying over and over again is whatever material is being used up is now less than this. And now, Marissa, you're going to correct me on this. Polypropylene? No, that's right. It's less hair is needed to absorb than it takes a... a I guess the you need less hair to absorb oil than you would polypropylene. Mm. So whatever waste or whatever used up hair is being collected at the end is already less to clean up and deal with. But they're not yet sharing what that cleanup process is or what that decontamination or they'd have to they'd have to go out and collect it. Imagine that you just got like a big oh. That's a that's a hair oily hair, just a giant hair sponge, oh. and these kind of look like carpets. At this point, they look, um, yeah, they look like big sheets for folks who are. When I say a mat, think like, think oh, think like a wool mat. They really, they don't look like they don't look like hair. They really look, they don't look recognizable. Like can that. you can you link to that? Picture yeah, I'll put, I'll put all the articles I referenced in the show notes. Okay. Another thing that I thought was an interesting use that we don't see the polypropylene being used for is I'm seeing them starting to be used in some areas to encircle storm drains as a preventative for contaminated runoff. Um, so yeah, you know, that I, was, I think I've seen those already in use. I don't think it's it's human hair, but it's a, a product that looks like, you know, those doormats you can buy that are made of, I'm not yes. say, like choir, no, 
C-O-I-R. I don't know how to say that word. Whatever. Core? Yeah. C-O-I-R. That material. I've seen that kind of tannish, brownish. Mm-hmm. It looks like a mat used around storm, storm drains. Mm-hmm. Rains. Messed myself all up not being able to pronounce that word. <laughs> so, um, the traditional way of dealing with oil spills at sea is, I mean, oil spills are upsetting. And I will try not to go down the path of talking about all the issues I have with human behavior and instead focus on just what the response actions are. Would you like to? I have some horrifying numbers right on hand. Well, we'll get to that. But let me just let me talk about the, the traditional oil spill response is generally run by the federal government. And it's unclear whether the federal government really requires the party that caused the spill to participate in the cleanup. But if you go to NOAA's website, um, NOAA is the federal agency that um, regulates oceanic and fisheries in the country. The acronym stands for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is a little misleading. But anyway, they've got a pretty comprehensive website about how they assist with cleanup of oil and chemical spills. And the, like I said, the traditional method used to respond to an oil spill at sea is Number one, chemical dispersion, <clears throat> where NOAA applies some chemicals to the the water where the oil spill occurred, and it breaks the oil down into smaller droplets. They also will sometimes burn an oil spill on site, light a match, throw it in, watch everything go boom and poof. What did I say several weeks ago? Sometimes controlled detonation can be the answer. And I just want to be at the table for that. Noah agrees. Thirdly, booms. This is probably the category where hair mm-hmm. comes into place, where normally mm-hmm. you've got these long floating barriers that they put around the oil spill so that it doesn't spread. When you're using a boom, you're not collecting oil. You're just preventing it from moving around. So I wonder if, the hair mats would be used in conjunction with the booms. Or from my, from my understanding, on top of the oil spill, it's both. From mm-hmm. my understanding, the hair absorbs and contains. Hmm. Wow. Um, I watched a really the video I watched was really cool. They had a sample. They had like a little demonstration container, and they had oil across the top of it. And they just dropped one of the mats in and the water went from sort of that brown black to clear. And it was just somebody had put the mat in and picked the mat up. Wow. So it it doesn't stay there for any length of time either. It's automatic. No. And I wonder if that's just because the size of the container, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I'm sure they will probably keep it in for longer 
Well, the container would act like a boom because it, yeah. it's confining the oil spill to a certain area. But just, okay. I mean, as quick as I said it, it was like in, soaked out. Very cool to watch. Oh, okay. And the last category is skimming, where you use boats that move along and skim the top layers of the oil spill. Um, there's no depth considered when you're mm -hmm. when you're skimming. So those are the those are the four main categories, and I'm a bit underwhelmed, but. Yeah. Maybe with the the hair process, the oil spill response will become more efficient and better. I don't think there's going to be an answer or a process that will whelm us. There's I am whelmed. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that's going to make us feel whelmed. Oil has been dumped into a giant body of water. There's nothing that's going to be instant, effective, or exciting to us in the face of a catastrophe. I like the fact that they're looking at something that's hopefully going to be a little bit more sustainable. Hopefully is, I'm kind of looking at it as a possibility of two birds, one stone. We're diverting a landfill, a landfill product in one space that has absorbent potential in another space yeah. and is avoiding creation of more plastic. Do I think it's going to fix problems? No. Is it chipping away at something? It could. If more people use it and it's widely accepted and a lot of folks get on board, but in the end it's a massive problem. And this is just kind of like one tiny peck at the problem. Agreed. Final thought for me on this. You just used the word catastrophe, which is appropriate. An oil spill in the ocean is a friggin' catastrophe. Yep. In my research for today's episode and looking at some of the different techniques and response pages from the federal government, I noticed that whoever put this website together I have many opinions on it, but the one that popped out to me was a reference to um, the response actions that I mentioned, those four categories. So they have a little infographic that shows you dispersion, burning, booms, and skimming. And then underneath it, there's a little two-sentence paragraph that references those four categories and it says and i'm quoting much has been learned about the tricky business of removing oil from open water since the april 2010 deep water horizon incident in the gulf of mexico end quote the incident let's downplay it right let's downplay it Let's put it on our website. Let's do a little cartoony response infographic and uh, we'll go about our day. Incident. You said catastrophe. And our federal government calls it an incident. What's up with that? That's my final thought. That's just stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it is stupid. 
It's oh god. All right. Well, well. Hey, if you guys have greeting cards lying around and uh, haven't cleaned your showers yet, put that hair in an envelope and send it over to a charity. Just make sure it's a charity that collects hair mats and not yeah. Otherwise, know, otherwise it's creepy. Um, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, does hair creep you out? This was hard to talk about. I think it's a cool idea, but something about it's creepy, and I don't know why. Um, tell us your thoughts. Um, we are on all of the socials at Desatel Law. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, our videos are on YouTube. You're also on Instagram, if I haven't already mentioned that. Uh, you can send us an email. Let us know if this did weird you out. I don't know why hair is hard to talk about. Uh, Desit, uh, help at desitelesq.com. You all know the email. Or you don't. Maybe we'd get more emails if I got it right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Brush your hair. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401 477 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.